So there's so many things that go within the, you got this, um, mm-hmm. because we have so much self-doubt. We have, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, just this belief that maybe I need to be perfect. Maybe I'm not the one. Well, why not? Why can't I say, let me take a risk and then I'll figure it out along the way. Maybe I should be the one trying, accomplishing it and showing others that come after me this is what we get when you decide to take action. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I am here today with Dr. Cameron Landrau, who is a board-certified cardiologist and professional keynote speaker who uses her experience navigating a male-dominated career to empower women to embrace their talents and acknowledge their achievements so that they may transform into phenomenal leaders. Carmen is a keynote speaker at corporate conferences and association events and has participated in panels, workshops, and national TV interviews with great acceptance. Her talks are sought after by those actively involved in the advancement of women into senior executives of an organization. Her ability to elevate an event and engage the audience is repeatedly well-received. In her spare time, (laughs) I imagine what little of it there is, she enjoys reading, exercising, and spending quality time with her husband and kids. Carmen, it is such an honor and so wonderful to have you on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. Now that your bio is just like a little sliver of who you are, but if you could tell us a little bit more about you and how you went from cardiologist to women's empowerment speaker. Yes, Jody. I'm happy to be here. Uh, thank you for the question and introduction. You know, I went from being a cardiologist to a keynote speaker. And if, when I look back, these things are related. Um, I have been a cardiologist. I'm originally from Puerto Rico, but I live now in Houston for the past 18 years. And when I was always in the hospital, I'm still, I still go to the hospital, but it, there was a period of time when I was in the hospital and women would approach me almost every day. And they would say, how do you do it? How are you a mom and a wife and you have your own practice? Because I'm a solo cardiologist. I'm not employed. I work by myself. Um, And they would be asking all these questions. And as the conversation got going, we would be saying, okay, this is what happens. This is how I do it. Tell me some more. The conversation expanded. And then they started sharing a little bit about them, how things happened for them or what happened to them recently. And many times they were sharing that even though they had this great accomplishment, they were still seen as someone who either complains too much or someone who doesn't have enough uh, experience or someone who doesn't have enough dedication because now they have a family. So putting one thing uh, together with another, I was able to understand that these things that were happening to them were also happening to me that had happened to me in the past. And luckily, I had good mentors, very few women, but good mentors, I might, I might say. And these women had also shared with me, you know, I wish when I was in training, I had someone, another woman who was senior, who could tell me 
how to do things or how things worked. And about six years ago, I was, you know, starting to feel the effect of burnout. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for what else can I do? What else can I do that gives me satisfaction? And I discovered speaking. I speak for the American Heart Association. And one day I was looking back and I said, wow, whenever I'm on stage, I feel like fish in the water. This is what I want to do. And when I realized I could do speaking and share my message with women and do it in women's empowerment, the rest is history. I started getting coaching and started getting more on stage. And now I am doing the keynote speaking, you know, it's become something, something else that I do. It's now my passion, my new passion, although it's been a few years, it's still new to me. Um, and it, and I, I'm very happy that it actually happened. Well, I have to say, I'm laughing over here because you typically don't hear people say, and then I discovered speaking and I love it. So <laughs> I have to ask, you know, what was it or what, it, let me back up. What is it about the experience of speaking to an audience that makes you come alive? Cause I saw it in your face. You, you were there and, and you just lit up. I think for me, I see speaking as a gift. When I'm sharing the message, I'm sharing something with people that makes a difference. And being on stage, now virtual, because of course we can't be on any live events recently, but still on virtual events, when I'm speaking and I see the audience and I see that little start in their eyes or what the aha moment, it's like, okay, it was worth it. Especially at the end of the talk, when people come to you and they ask you, oh, wow, how you know, how long have you been doing this? Why did I wait so long to hear this talk? Or they say this particular message that you said resonated with me because, and then they expand on that. That's what makes it worth it. That's what makes it, okay, I've been putting all this effort into it. Am I going to make a difference or not? And yes, I do make a difference. So I think that's what it is. It's making a difference, seeing that my purpose has been accomplished. That's amazing. And, you know, I just got a visual because when you talk about messages or just message, you know, because what I want to ask you is, what is your message? But I know that like a tree, so this was the visual I got, our message can be encompass a lot of different things and they start branching out into, you know, different directions to kind of cover all the territory around that particular passion or topic. But at the, at the, heart of it all in the trunk, in the roots, there's the core message. So what is the core message that you're delivering to these groups and what you're trying to inspire others to do? Because I speak to professional women, in a nutshell, the message is, you got this. And if I may expand on that. Please. You know, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you got this. Sometimes, as, or many times as women, you know, we have these beliefs that have been ingrained in our minds from years and years, whether it's because you grew up in a different culture or simply because our societies determine what we're supposed to be doing as women. And many times we don't dare to take action. We don't dare to have questions answered to our satisfaction, or we don't even dare to say, look, look at me, I'm here, I want it. So many women stop themselves. They expect to be perfect before even taking a first step. And that first step may be asking for a raise, asking for a promotion, even a recognition on award. Many women don't even dare to say, I deserve it, give it to me, or at least look at me 
And then you decide if I, you know, if, if I'm worth it of your award, but not even look at me. So many women, they don't even dare to say that. So in my message, what I do is I try to show women in a way that is not bashing the male gender, but empowering. Let's look at ourselves from inside and say, okay, I really have it in me and I'm worth it. I can accomplish it. I'm an asset to anywhere, any organization that I belong to. So why should I not take the next step and let them know that I'm available? So there's so many things that go within the, you got this, um, Mm -hmm. because we have so much self-doubt. We have, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, just this belief that maybe I need to be perfect. Maybe I'm not the one. Well, why not? Why can't I say, let me take a risk and then I'll figure it out along the way. Maybe I should be the one trying, accomplishing it, and showing others that come after me, this is what we get when you decide to take action. You know what's coming into my head, and for those of you listening, I'm going to ask this question of you too. Have you had the experience where you passed over an opportunity because you didn't think you could do it? or you didn't think you'd be good enough because you thought you had to be perfect to do it, and then somebody else did it, and you thought to yourself, I could have done that, and maybe I could have done it better. Totally. (laughs) How many do you you want? How many experiences (laughs) do you want? How much time do we have here? And I find that's a common experience with speakers, too, because with my clients, the first time they report to me that they went to a presentation or they saw someone speak and they thought to themselves, I know everything that they're talking about. Like my question is, well, why didn't you apply? Why didn't you apply to speak? Or now you know, right? If you see that or you see yourself in the speaker, you get lit up, you see the speaker and you're like, gosh, I could do that. That's, that's an indication, but back to you, Carmen, cause it, there's a, like, what was the thing that co- came to mind where you were like, I passed that up cause I didn't think I was good enough. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I probably could have done it better. You know, a few years ago, um, they, in cardiology, they asked me for a, to be, to apply, basically to apply for a position in leadership. Um, this was, this was when I was in training and one of my mentors said, you should do it. And honestly, it was, I was one of the few women, and this was a position for women, women in leadership and cardiology. And um, I didn't think it was that important. And it was, looking back, when I look back, imposter syndrome was huge back then. Yeah. Um, and I think I was thinking it wasn't important trying to protect myself from, okay, what if it doesn't go right? Or what if I'm not selected? Or what, you know, the thousand what ifs we write in our brain? And looking back, I should have done it. I was like, why? You know, of course, now I'm older, more mature. I've been through, through some experiences in life. The worst they can say is no. The worst that can happen is that if you're applying for something that you don't get selected, that someone says no, okay, then move on. But I've had too many of these experiences. And I think what opened my eyes is having all these women then ask me, okay, this happened to me. What do you think? Seeing myself in them, having the same questions, and then looking back and saying, wow, if she was me and I was a mentor, I would tell her right now, go for it. But I didn't have that back then. I didn't have that push. 
And even when someone wanted to do it, I didn't understand it the right way. I didn't understand it fully, how important it is to go ahead and do it. So I let it pass. And then someone else comes. Of course, if you're not there, you don't apply. It's going to be for someone else. And then you're hitting yourself on the head like, wow, (laughs) why didn't I do it? Why couldn't I just say, hear me? I have something to say. Take me. Um, But I think you learn and move on. You learn and, and make a better experience out of this. Um, and hopefully in the future, when the next opportunity comes, you're able to say, okay, I'm going to take it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. But at least I'm going to take that next step. I'm going to dare. And then somehow it's, it's going to come along. Yeah. It sounds like there was a lot of learning in that experience for you because there's that, the like, okay, I'll figure it out. Like if, if I can do this, like I can do this. What I also heard in what you said was learning the importance also of reflection and inquiry because you are absolutely right when our when we're doubtful you know about what we can do sometimes we unconsciously will come up with excuses for why we can't do it and it it's so funny because if there's something that's scary we might say something to ourselves like, oh, I'm so busy, or if I do that, it will take over my life, or, and that might be true, but take some time to think about it. Is it really true? Or could you put some things in place that would help you and help you make time? Because this is the funny thing. If something really awesome comes along and we really want it and we think we can have it, even though we'll be busier, we'll take it we'll go after it. So it just points to that underlying argument. And busy is just an example. There's all sorts of other things our minds can come up with reasons as to why we can't have what, you know, the opportunity before us or why we're not good enough. But knowing what your mind typically comes up with, you can now investigate it and ask yourself, okay, is this really true? And Carmen, I know you, you've, um, overcome a lot of challenges. You know, you've described it as like sidestepping challenges, but it takes something to do that. You know, whether it's training, knowledge, mentoring, what is it for you that empowers you to sidestep challenges? What I've realized is that whenever I have an idea that is compelling and I call it a new passion or you can call it a new interest or something, I've realized that if it's something that I really want, even if I put it to the side, it keeps coming back. And I may may think about it, may even take notes, journal, or, you know, maybe try something. And then I put it to the side again, but it keeps coming back. And that's what happened to me with speaking. You know, I always wanted to, for a long time, I wanted to do something else, something different. Once I realized speaking was it, then I took action. And in the beginning, I was, you know, and I can, I hope many people can relate to this. I was doing it on my own. Didn't tell anybody. I was looking for information, looking for coaches, courses, you name it. Trying to get ready, get better at it, understand it. But then it comes to a time when you cannot keep it in hiding. You can't contain it. It has to come out because what good is it to have this great passion, this great gift, and you don't share it with anybody else? I would say if you're an author, if you are an artist, if you have anything that will make you happy when you help others, go ahead and share it. It may not be for everybody. 
And of course, my message is not for everybody. I relate to professional women in male-dominated careers. And I joke when, when people tell me, okay, well, you come to this uh, talk, give us a talk to the retired old man, 70-year-old at the golf club. Okay, no way. They're, I would, in other topics, not on women's empowerment because this is not for them, right? But because I have this and I know other women would benefit out of it, I just have to share it. So having that idea, making it a reality, what happens is that it grows even more and stronger. And now you just have to move and take action. You can't just keep it to yourself because then at least for me, I would feel, okay, what good is it? Taking notes in a journal or thinking, daydreaming about being on stage when I haven't even taken the first step. That would be, I would be very unhappy. So just taking action. I just have to take action. I just have to share it. And one of the things I did, if I may share this with you and your yes, audience, please. in the beginning, when I was deciding to be a keynote speaker and prepare my talk, the first thing I, I had to learn is this is not about me. It's about the audience. If I go and give a talk and I don't have the results that I expected, it's not that I'm not good. Either I need to readdress my message, either I need to change some other things, but it doesn't define me as a person. We have so many other qualities. And I like to have women here who are listening to understand that we wear many hats. All these roles that we take care of, all these things we take care of, they don't necessarily define you as a person. These are things that we do together with who you are. Then that's what defines you probably. But if you're someone who are thinking of speaking or writing or you name it, having a podcast, and I'm sure there's a lot of imposter syndrome on people who are doing podcasts, why don't you try it? The worst that can happen is that someone says that they don't like it. Well, you decide to continue or not if this is something that you really want. I would not stop myself before even trying. I love that. And I'm chuckling to myself over here because I envisioned you in front of a group of retired men at a golf club saying, you got this. You got this. You can do it. <laughs> that would probably fall flat on that crowd. Like, what do you mean I got it? I know. I know I got it. But Carmen, that we are of like minds because I often say to my clients, like, even if you don't know, right? You don't know if you really want to go after it. You don't know if you're going to do it. Float it. Float it out there. Start talking to people because, you know, it gives you feedback. The conversation gives you feedback and people will often share, you know, either, you know, it might be a case where it's like, I didn't know this about you, but every now and again, you'll hear people say, oh my gosh, that's perfect because you have XYZ quality and talent and skill and this is needed and that sort of thing. Like if we hide it, it'll stay in, inside of us. And I do appreciate what you said as well. Like if you need to for a little while, journal about it, reflect on it, you know, but don't keep it private for long, you know, because you, you may decide, okay, that's not going to happen for now, but at least you've kind of taken some actions, had some conversations, put it out there and made it possible. But when we keep it to ourselves, it's, it's going nowhere. Yeah. It doesn't help anybody if you keep it to yourself. So I would say 
Just try it, tweak it as you need to, and then you decide. I've tried other things. This is not the first thing I try, besides cardiology, of course. Um, I like to tell people I tried a little bit of medical writing. I'm not a writer. I discovered that. But being a speaker, and yes, I have to write, but it's not the same thing as writing a piece and you know, showing it, exposing it to the world, as opposed to writing my presentations and tweaking them and making them you know, bigger, and now me presenting them. That's a very different exercise. So try something. Something that's calling you, whether it's painting, dancing, I don't know what you like. Try it. See how it goes. Just try it. Awesome. And another subject that um, I definitely wanted to talk with you about, um, it comes up every now and again, is the whole concept of celebration. And I think as women, we don't celebrate enough our accomplishments. Now, I do want to say also, Everybody has a different way of celebrating, you know, so a fine dining experience is a celebration for one person while going shopping is a celebration for another where reading a book, maybe taking a nap might be a celebration for somebody else. But I'm curious what victories you're celebrating these days. I'm celebrating that. And this is, this is going to sound funny. I'm super busy, <laughs> but it's funny because in speaking, of course, we're used to being on stage. And now with COVID, we can go anywhere. So there was a you know, period, period of weeks throughout the year, at the beginning of the year, when I can guarantee you all speakers were like, okay, now what? What's going to happen to us? What are we going to do? Um, even working with my coach, um, we were told that there's going to be a lot of speakers who are going to say, no, this is the end. This is not worth it. Only those who have a method of continuing will succeed at the end and um, will continue their careers as a speaker. And for me, that's a victory, you know, being able to continue speaking in the virtual environment, having to adjust, having to adapt and learn the technology, learn how to do it because every event is different and the requirements are different for the events. You know, some people want me to record it. Some people want me to record it and present it and then give them the slides. Others are like, no, we're going to do it live or we're going to do it on this platform that I totally don't know. So I'm learning as I go and I'm making it happen. Um, my goal is to always work with the event planners and make them happy, not be the difficult person who can never get anything done. And, you know, that's not a goal. My goal is to give them peace of mind. Of course, <laughs> they need to know that they're working with a professional, but also for myself, I need to grow. I need to learn from this. So I'm happy that I'm busy. I'm happy that I've been able to go with the flow and learn. I can say, wow, yes, totally. I can, you know, as if, if I may share this, I was speaking to an event planner two weeks ago and she wasn't sure about which platforms to use. And I'm like, oh yeah, you can totally do this or this one because I've worked with other <laughs> events. She's like, oh wow, that's so enlightening. Thank you. We can do this. Yeah, totally. Call me if you need me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the matter expert now on platforms. Absolutely. I got this. <laughs> well, isn't that funny? Like it's so true that you can provide that knowledge because you have more experience than they do at this point. And this is not the first time I've heard somebody say, because they were willing to adapt quickly, 
to the changes and get, get online, do things virtually, they were ahead of the curve from their peers. And so they started getting more work, you know, and part of it is just having that mentality of, right. So the next thing is probably not going to be COVID, right? It's not going to be another virus, but it will be something else. Maybe not as catastrophic, but in life, there's always something, a curveball that comes along and you have to have the mentality of, okay, this is happening. How can I adapt? How can I make this work? Yeah, there's always something. Something can always happen. You just have to be ready. Um, when I'm going to present an event, I people have no idea all the things that I need to control on my side so that at least I can show up and present my talk. Um, being virtual, which is funny because people think, oh, well, it's only on Zoom. It's just easier. Not really. You know, if I was traveling, of course, I have to make sure I got to the airport, my ticket, my hotel, all these things that happen. And then I show up live once I prepare my talk and, you know, we got all the dynamics from the event. Now we're just learning. We're like, okay, I need to make sure this is happening. My microphone, what microphone am I using? What camera angle? The light. I need to think of light. I am now the speaker on AV, the AV person on my side, even though the event has their AV person. Is mm -hmm. my technology working with your technology? So I need to make sure that's happening. And um, it's more of a team effort. The, the team effort has accentuated more now that we're not able to be present. So if you're not able to go with the flow, you're not able to adapt, to learn, that's a big problem. Something else is going to come along. I may be able to, to speak more during the week because now I don't have to go anywhere. But because I'm speaking more, now I need to have better control of my calendar. And I need to have better control of my communication with different people. As opposed to, well, maybe you do one or two talks a week. If you're doing now three and four, anyone who does this knows it's a totally different experience. So now you have to be really on top of things. You're going to be tired. I guarantee you, you're going to be tired. But you have to make it happen. And it has to happen. And the next person doesn't need to know what happened before or what's happening next. Whatever problems you had in the previous one or whatever little things happen, any glitches, they don't need to affect your next event. So we have to be prepared. We just have to be aware that it's not going to be perfect. We can do it, but we also have to be flexible. Yes. And my own experience with doing some presentations virtually is the attendees are so grateful. They're so grateful. They still have a good experience. Can it replace the in-person experience? No, you know, and there are pros and cons to virtual versus live. But I, I think especially right now that people are getting access to expertise and, you know, an inspirational talk that has them take some action and, you know, put things in place that will make their life better. They're just so appreciative of that. And Carmen, you clearly embody, I got this. I got this. <laughs> right? That is that is your message. It is so you. I got this. I mean, and I love how you say it. it's not done perfectly. It's sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it's tiring, but I got this. Like I can figure it out. I'll get it done. I love that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? If anybody wants to contact me, I'm available on my website. It's uh, drlandrau.com. At D-R-L-A-N-D-R-A-U.com. And I'm also on social media on LinkedIn. You can find me. Again, same handle, Dr. Landrau. 
Yep. And for those of you on the run and in the car, you know, you can find all the links um, on the show notes page to this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And if you put Carmen in the search bar at the top, her show notes page will come right up and it will have the links to her website and her LinkedIn page and all of that, all the good ways to get in touch with her and perhaps find out how she can do a presentation for your business or organization or community you're involved in. Carmen, gosh, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.